listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Top of the morning to you. It's the final Friday of January, but it's still a football Friday. Football Friday. How the heck are you? Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network. FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Man, has it been an eventful week. Unbelievable the people who are getting hired and not getting hired. Never mind the upsets that are taking place everywhere. Hell, Djokovic got beat down under. My goodness. Top of the morning to you, Mark. How are you? I am doing great. Ready for the weekend. Lots going on in the sports world. Lots going on, period. You know, big weekend for me, David. I had to let the wife know. Daughter's in a soccer tournament this weekend, and I'm like, uh, I'm out of commission come 3 o'clock on Sunday. Don't know what to tell you. There you go. But that's how this is going to work. We got three of these suckers left. One we all watch as a group. So we got two left, really. Three to ten on Sunday. That's it. I'm doing. I'm pulling a shift. I'm pulling a late afternoon evening shift. Three to ten on Sunday. So good deal. So the wife uh, picking her up, or are you going to farm it off on some other? Parent? I'm farming. I, I've I was working at. I practiced yesterday. I'm working out rides for Sunday. Uh, getting to and fro there's a birthday party involved that i've said i've got nothing i will have nothing to do with i may drop her off at that i i have said i will cook food on sunday i will have food ready for you before the lions kickoff that's all i am guaranteeing anyone and that food may be a pizza that i order david i'm i'm not even sure that i'm going to be responsible for it but nice there you go this is you love divisional weekend i love championship weekend okay all right this is very much a home weekend here lately. And by lately, I'll say the last 10 years. Both sides, home teams have won eight of the last 10 in conference championship weekend. Just just so you know. In 2018, by the way, both road teams won. In overtime. That was when the Rams beat the Saints on that unbelievably controversial non-pass interference call late in regulation. And then uh, the Patriots and Chiefs. When the Chiefs had them beat, they picked off Brady, but they lined up off sides. And New England yeah, two tied great it games. And won it in overtime. Two great games that year. Yes. Fantastic. And to me, you I, usually get one great one every championship weekend, where the other playoff games, you never know what you're going to get. I, I always feel like when I sit down on championship weekend, that I have the ability to see greatness. And I think a little bit of it's because, David, and you're better at going year by year, but there was a, a stretch of Super Bowls when I was younger that weren't competitive games. You no, went through a. There's, there's a whole generation of people now who expect a good Super Bowl. And when you and I were growing up, we were shocked if we got one. Shocked. The NFC had it all over the AFC for a 10-plus year period of time. And for those of us in our 50s, those were the Super Bowls growing up, where for the most part, the NFC team, whoever it was, they kicked butt in the Super Bowl. And then before that, you had the Dolphins, Steelers, and Raiders. So the AFC 
was dominating the 70s and the NFC was dominating the 80s into the 90s. And over the last 25 years, we've had good Super Bowls. But that's the reason why championship weekend to me is just a big deal because you and I grew up in an era where there was a lot of blowout Super Bowls and this was the weekend that determined champions. Think about it last year. We had the blowout early. Purdy got hurt. And after it was 7-7 in the first quarter, Eagles dominated the Niners. But the night game came down to damn near final play of the game. That Bengals-Chiefs game was a war. Chiefs won on a late field goal. Remember the roughing the passer or, you know, unnecessary roughness penalty. Mahomes scrambling out of the pocket, gets hit late going out of bounds. Moved the Chiefs into field goal range. And that's why they went to the Super Bowl instead of potentially the Bengals. The Bengals, meanwhile, beat the Chiefs in overtime the year before. So in 2021 season, if you will, two years ago, Bengals and big comeback too. They were down like 18 points. Came back, beat the Chiefs in overtime. Meanwhile, last NFC road team to win, the Bucks, Brady, going into Lambeau. That 40-something yard bomb for a touchdown going into the locker room at halftime. And Tampa Bay never looked back. Held off Aaron Rodgers and the boys. David, you mentioned 2021. Those were also two great games. That was my senior year of college. I think I, I remember, you know, Matthew Stafford just barely holding off Tom Brady and the Bucks. They were storming back. Well, and that was the divisional round. But the next week, the Niners had a 10-point lead oh, that's over right. the Rams. And the Rams came back at SoFi. And that's one of those Stafford threw a duck with like eight minutes to go in the game down a score. And it was a punt for 49er safety. And he drops it. I mean, he literally could have fair catched it. It was such a bad pass. He drops it. Rams end up driving the length of the field scoring. And um, trying to th they didn't win in overtime. They ended up uh, scoring late to win. Yes. But. So, yeah, usually we get, you know, 2021, we got two very good games. Both decided late, one of them in overtime. Last year, it was one and one. Spreads indicating we'll be one and one this year. San Francisco, a big favorite over Detroit. Baltimore and Kansas City at three and a half. Opened at two and a half. Some places it's four, but as Mark mentioned, in others it's three and a half. Lions Niners is pretty much held at seven. I mean, for a few instances, you've seen seven and a half. I'm waiting to see it at six and a half. I don't know if I've seen it at six and a half all week. It's pretty much been the big fat seven. And I think everybody wanting to bet the Niners is waiting for that moment, which it drops a half a point and they will jump it, David. And those wanting the Lions, you're hoping, uh, can we get back to seven and a half for right. 13 minutes? Can we just get the hook? But as you said, this line's pretty much settled at seven for most of the week, so I would be surprised if it moves again. Andy Reid. By the way, do you know what conference championship game this is for Andy Reid? Fifteen? No, no, no. It's not that high. many. No, I'm joking. Um, a little high. Well, nine? Not, no, this is number 11. Okay. For Andy Reid. Because, you know, six straight year, the Chiefs have been in the AFC Championship, but he was in five in Philly. And what a difference 
in the championship game. Andy Reid goes one and four with the Eagles and then lost his first AFC title game with the Chiefs, the one we referenced in 2018, to Brady and the Patriots in overtime. So Andy lost five of his first six conference championship games. He's won three of his last four. So number six in a row for Andy Reid and the Chiefs. First one on the road. As we talked about yesterday on the show, first home championship game in the city of Baltimore in football since 1971. Johnny Unitas against George Blanda. Colts, Raiders. Allow. By the way, Trent, did you look up Larry King? I did. I had to because you guys were doing such a good job of it yesterday. And by the way, both of your impressions are very, very good. (laughs) Thank you. It's not a tough one. That's no, part of the reason. Not. Thank goodness. It's not. And we both can get the little uh, grav- gravelly in our voice when we need it, which he would get as he threw it to the caller. Aberdeen, South Dakota, hello. Yeah, I know neither one of you smoke cigarettes either, but if you know, if you went and took a drag before that and then you came in, it'd probably be even better. Haven't had a long so- dart in a long time. I used to. Those are long gone in my life. So you can spin this however you want to spin it. Home teams have won eight of the last ten on both sides of conference championship weekend. But then again, two of the last three years, we've had a road winner. So spin it accordingly. Hey, hey, what do you say, as our buddy John Forslund would go. Well, so that's what's upon us late afternoon into the evening on Sunday. What odds would you give me, would both of you guys give me, for both road teams to win? Chiefs-Lions Super Bowl. Well, happened five years ago with the Rams and the Patriots both winning on the road. 4-1, to 5-1. to one. I'll take it. I know you will. I, <laughs> I'll live and die with it. I know you will. You live with long odds. I love it. Well, you know, he won money betting the Pistons this week, so he feels like he can't right. lose. And if you've listened to Miller and Moulton's college basketball specials for the week, we've done you pretty well. Hello, I mean, Beavers. A hello, Oregon State at home against Arizona, getting eight and a half and winning outright. They got 18 and a half, I think, right? Yeah. Was it that big? Yeah. Yeah. They were supposed yeah. to lose by 19. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going on the road in college basketball. It's the last great home advantage in sports. It really and truly is. Just remember this come March because you guys have been on this all year. Home teams, and there's no home teams in March, I get it, but big favorites, conference play, ranked opponents, it's wide open in college hoops. Sorry, back uh, to the NFL. I, I, well, just a quick sidebar on that. David and I have been big believers on Thursday and Friday of the tournament, of simply just taking the points. Take the points. Just take the points. It just blind circle it. Just take the points in all 32 games and see where it adds up late Friday night. And usually it's we're winner chicken dinner. 
you know, 19 out of 32, something like that, 20 out of 32, just take the points. Although I don't know how many points are going to be given this year. It could be a lot of balance this year in the tournament. But So we have a lot to talk about. It's been an amazing week. And then there were two more head coaches hired in the NFL yesterday. And neither place hired Bill Belichick. No, they did not. Now, your original pick was Washington. That yes. job's still available. Yeah, but in name only. He's not really being considered for that either. No, apparently that's Lions offensive coordinator's Ben Johnson's job. He's just still working. Miller and Moulton. Gary Danielson will join us in 25 minutes because the last time the Lions and the Niners played in the playoffs, he was one of the two quarterbacks in the game. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. 21 minutes past the hour. We'll have some fun with Gary Danielson in a little more than 15 minutes' time. The last time the Niners, the only other time the Niners and Lions have met in the playoffs, at least in the last 60-plus years, it was Joe Montana against Gary Danielson. And it came down to the final seconds. We'll talk to Gary, a little trip down memory lane. Also get his thoughts on the Lions and the Niners coming up in a little more than 15 minutes time. But some big NFL news yesterday. Two coaches were hired, both in the NFC South. And neither Carolina nor Atlanta hired a Belichick, a Carroll, or a Vrabel. Hell, Carroll hasn't even had an interview, has he? No. No. And I thought he would with the Chargers. That one surprised me. But first off, the Bucks suffer a huge loss. Offense coordinator Dave Canales is the new head coach in Carolina. And he gets a six-year deal. Whoo! Now, this is because Dan Morgan's now the grand poobah running the football operations in Carolina, former Panthers linebacker. But Dan has had the overwhelming majority of his front office experience with the Seahawks organization. Well, Dave Canales has spent over a dozen years with the Seahawks in various capacities. So there's the connection. And as we see so many times, teams hire who they know, who they have a connection with. And even though they have a connection, David, that connection only gets you so far because I don't think there's any way that Carolina wanted to give a six-year deal. But even an offensive coordinator was able to demand years with an organization that is so dismantled right now that it looks like it doesn't know what it's doing. Well, and not only that, has you if everything were to go right for the Carolina Panthers, you're thinking the first time they're maybe, maybe going to get their head above water would be the second half of the 2025 season. It's difficult to imagine that next year won't be another grease fire for Carolina. The roster's bad. 
especially on the offensive side of the ball. They might lose some of their best players on a very good defense. And oh, by the way, they don't have a first-round pick, which would have been the first pick of the draft because they traded it away for their young quarterback who doesn't have any receivers and doesn't have an offensive line. But besides that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? So they have a lot of work to do. I mean, don't you think, Mark, the situation we thought Arizona was in at the start of the 2023 season with roster, Kyler Murray was hurt, and, you know, we had Arizona on the clock before the season started. Right. 2024 right now, who's on the clock? Carolina. Uh, Them or New England right now. I mean, honestly, you just take a look at roster and and what have you. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But here's Canales, who clearly had a little something-something going with Baker Mayfield. Showed also he could be a really good game coach. I mean, those two playoff game performances by Dave Canales was very good. Very good. There were times in which he had the Eagles and the Lions totally on their heels from a play-calling standpoint. I mean, Dave Canales showed, wow, pretty good at this. And, you know, he's a bit of a quarterback whisperer. Geno Smith, Smith, Baker Mayfield. And now, you know, and that was a really good, bold hire for Todd Bowles. Can't emphasize enough. I mean, Miller and Moulton are in a business in which basically the only people who get hired are the people who are known. I mean, that's why, you know, Mark, you know, you're based in Southwest Florida now. I was with you for nearly 25 years. You know, we have talked many times. When FGCU a dozen years ago hired Andy Enfield, their athletic director didn't know Andy Enfield if he walked down the street and punched him in the mouth. And, you know, that was going to be the biggest hire that AD ever made. He hired a complete stranger that he had no connection to. And it turned out to be the best hire he ever made in his life. That is so rare. Todd Bowles had no connection to Dave Canales. But a few people said, hey, you should really talk to this guy. Oh, okay. He did an interview with him, and he's like, wow, pretty impressive. Brought him in for a second interview, along with a couple other guys. But he ends up hiring a stranger. You know, last year's a pretty big year for Todd Bowles. It's only his job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Right. A month and a half ago, Todd Bowles was fired. Yeah. And but, Canales, you know, is, it, but I mean, think about just that. Think about Canales from four and seven. Right. Mm-hmm. Where there's no head- way he's getting hired, he's getting fired, David. Because yeah, Bowles getting is getting blown, blown out. out. They're getting all getting blown out the door not more than a month and a half ago. They're five and seven, trailing the Falcons with three minutes to go in Atlanta, and Baker Mayfield walks out onto the field. And that was the season. And we said it at the time when Baker let him down and threw the touchdown to Otten to win the game. We said this was the season for the Bucs. They lose this game, it's over. Everybody's getting fired. Regime change. And now, six weeks later, he's the head coach of the Carolina Panthers with a six-year contract. Now, I'm really happy for Raheem Morris, the other NFC South hire yesterday. I am. I think he went and paid his dues. He got the Bucks job when they fired Gruden, surprisingly, nearly 15 years ago now. Wow. And Raheem actually, his second year on the job, produced a 10-6 and six season. They missed the playoffs that year in a tiebreaker. But then it bottomed out the next year. The team quit on him, and he got fired. Well, he went to work for 12 years. Coordinator a couple places. 
But this is fascinating, Mark. He was the interim head coach in 2020 in Atlanta. Atlanta went four and seven. They pass him over for promotion three years ago. So he goes to the Rams, defensive coordinator, helps him win a Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. And three years later comes back, and now they hire the guy who they had in their building and evaluated and went, nah. And three years later, now they go, you know, he's the guy for the job over Bill Bill Belichick. Belichick. And Mike Vrabel. Right. Over Bill Belichick. I mean, these are both defensive guys. And Atlanta made the decision that the best defensive coach for their team was Raheem Morris. Now, I'm happy for him. I I think he's one of the guys who deserved a second opportunity and I give the Rams all the credit in the world. You know, they began their end of the season press conferences and their GM said, before we talk about the Rams, and he went on a impassioned speech and said to all the teams that are out there looking for a head coach, you are making a big mistake if you don't hire Raheem Morris. I thought it was one of the classier things an organization has publicly done in a while. And, it, you know, maybe it helped. And so good for Raheem. 12 years later, okay, good. You know, Todd Bowles was an interim head coach a couple times. Dan Campbell was an interim head coach a couple times. So good for Raheem. But Belichick gets passed over. And there's seemingly no place for him to get a job this year. We're going to have an NFL without Belichick, Brady, and Manning in 2024. course you know Manning and Brady will be in the broadcast booth I mean maybe maybe Bill should do some TV can't you see him on a Manning cast (laughs) well he was so infectious before the Army Navy game I mean come on (laughs) we were just thrilled we could get him they played on Thursday so on Saturday he had nothing to do it was great for us but uh so Dave Canales, Raheem Morris, the two new head coaches in the NFC South, and Bill Belichick is likely unemployed in 2024. Wow. Gary Danielson, still gainfully employed, and he will talk to us next. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. Before the hour, we are moving the starting five to the top of the hour so that we could talk to longtime friend of the show, close personal friend of mine, Gary Danielson. Is this trip down memory lane week for you? How are you? Why, what? What's going on? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I was just trying to figure out how many strokes you're getting today. Mark, Mark, um, so... And, and David, both good friends. Um, I haven't done a lot of these this week, but I've done two, and I, I wanted to include you guys in. But for me, could you make it the starting four today instead of the starting five, just <laughs> for me? Is is five a, a difficult number for you? You're, you're it's not a good number. No, it's not a good number. 
Four's not good either, though, to tell you the truth. So, <laughs> so the only other time the Niners no, and the no, Lions. No, uh, you know, so let me, let me answer the question. First, Trent. With us? Yep, Trent's here. Pop in, Trent. You with us? Gary, I'm a huge fan. Yes, I'm here. Bullshit. Were you alive in 1981 even? <laughs> no! <laughs> Born in 1999, oh. Gary. All right. Did your dad talk to you about this interview before I came on today? No, he didn't, but he loves you as well, for what it's worth. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Glad to <laughs> um, <laughs> I would let's back up a little bit. Uh, if I had played my best game in my life, and I've had some good ones, had some stinkers, and the Lions were playing this game, and people wanted to talk to me about how good I played in this game, and we came inches close, I would never do one interview, not one, because I've had my chance. I had my time. It was a great time. The Lions in the Silver Dome, Mark, you remember those days? Yep. Your dad enjoyed us. We had good, really good teams, and we didn't quite make it. Maybe it was me. I don't know. Whatever the hell. Okay? But I enjoyed my time. I don't need to go there and put on my lion jacket. It's these guys' turn, okay, to take their run. But when you play poorly and they want to talk to you about it, you can't duck out. You know, you got to be a man. you got to man up. you got to do the talking. And... uh so, no, does it, it, it memory lane, David? Um, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, we, we had a good team, and we thought, really thought, even though our record didn't look it because we went through some injuries and stuff, that we were good enough to beat the 49ers. We liked our matchups. We, and our game plan was to throw against them, by the way. Uh, we, we thought we could pick on some of their players, and it almost worked. I mean, so, uh, yeah, it's uh, – they don't talk about Greg Norman's front nine much, do they, guys? I mean, they, it's <laughs> well, – No, they don't. For those that don't go, know. But in my case, they talk about my front nine. <laughs> For, for those that don't know, so it was the 83 playoffs. The Niners are a year removed from winning the first Super Bowl with Walsh in Montana. The game was at Candlestick on the old uh, foot baseball diamond, so I, I don't even believe they had covered some of the dirt because I thought Eddie Murray had to kick the game-winning field goal on a, a dirt I portion of the field. I think at that time of the year it was covered, but I okay. honestly I don't remember because sometimes I mix it with playing with Cleveland and we played right. in you know, in uh, Milwaukee, you know, sometimes right. I just get those things all confused. You know, So they met in the divisional round and 24-23 Niners. Right. Gary drove the Lions down the field in the fourth quarter, took the lead. Montana answers with under two minutes to go to take the lead. Gary drove Detroit into field goal range, missed 43-yard field goal at the gun. Niners advanced to the championship game. Washington only beat the Niners on a last-second field goal in the NFC Championship game. So it goes back to Gary, all three division champions. You know, you all three, I think, thought you could win the Super Bowl or at least go to it that year. Well, at least go to it. I think that that's the case. That's true. Um, Yeah, and, you know, we, we really were good against teams because our two backs, uh, like the one-two punch the Lions have now, we had it with Billy Sims and James Jones, two great, great players. Not not quite like Montgomery and Gibbs, a little bit different styles, but James Jones 
was such a good route runner that, you know, he was the second player that used to tilt the Billy side, obviously. But near the goal line, we would shift our fullback out, James Jones, and throw him fades because a linebacker would match up with him and nobody could cover him. Well, in this game, they were ready for it. And we went to J.J. early in the game twice. And usually if the linebacker goes to Billy Sims' side, because both sides have options, I'll go to J.J. If it goes to J.J. side, I go to Billy. But this time, the middle linebacker kind of just stayed in the middle, kind of drifted a little bit to Billy's side. And usually the linebackers, when the linebacker goes away, never wants the back to get beat inside. Well, they both forced him inside, and they had they were ready. Two interceptions, and I didn't even know who picked off the ball. So halftime, we got four interceptions, but we're still in the game. So once I determined with my guys, by a very close vote, by the way, that they were still going to let me come back on the plane to Detroit <laughs> after the game, <laughs> I told them, listen, wasn't good. I get it. We're in the game. But here's what I promise you. Not going to punk out on you guys. If I throw five, six, seven, if we're in the game and I got to throw it between people, it's on me. You know, we're going to win this game one way or another. So, yeah, it, it wasn't perfect. Uh, but it was humbling. Let's put it that way. You know, it's my hometown, Detroit. And, uh, but as I've said many times, it was humbling, but I'm still proud of the way. I, if you watch the whole game, I'm proud of the way I played. And obviously it ends with Eddie Murray. I mean, I, you know, obviously remember as a kid watching Eddie Murray miss that field goal, you guys had to think you right. won the game. I mean, when you walked off the field, did you think you won? Well, I was the holder. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forget so, about that quarterbacks had to do that in your day. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, and, and uh, Eric was. Uh, I used to be Eddie's holder. Then Eric was his holder, and in that game, I was his holder. He kicked three field goals. I think he kicked a fifty-plus, maybe broke the record, fifty-plus yard field goal. So no, this was right in his range. I mean, we got. I think we got the ball near the twenty-five yard line. Whether we were back, I think we went back seven and a half yards because that way the laces would be good at seven and a half yards. That's how you determine those laces. And he hit it exactly the way he always hits it. He starts it at the right, upright, and they always hook in. This one did hook in, but you can't blame it. I mean, I'm, no one blames Eddie. I mean, nobody on the team, you know. So it was, but, but uh, you know, it, it was a game. And I think the karma of this is the Lions are going to win this game. I'm convinced of it. I don't bet. But I think the karma comes back, and this thing's going to even out. And I think the, if, I don't think it's luck. I thought we were as good as them, or I think our talent was as good as them back in '83. And I I think this team is at least as good as a '49er team. And I think they got some edges in some key positions. So, man, I'm I'm rooting for them. It would be great. Remember, uh, Mark, you remember this? I mean, you remember when the Tigers won in '68? What it was like? I no, I wasn't born until I remember in '84 though, because I was lucky enough to go to Game Three. So I remember '84 vividly. Remember, you, you remember when the Red Wings won it? What it was like? Yeah, when they were the Dead Wings for so many years. You remember when the Pistons won it? What it was like? I mean, it was, and I think this is going to make those look like, uh, you know, 
afternoon tea parties if the Lions win this thing. Oh, uh, Gary, I, I mean, if they win this week, the Vegas takeover of Lions fans is going to be something I, I don't know if Vegas is even ready for. I, I know. <laughs> but these guys deserve it. I mean, they went through hell. You know, Ragnow and these guys that have been on this team for a long time, you know, they they lived through loss after loss after loss. You know, our 79 team lived through that, and then in 80 we turned it around and we were a good team. So, you know, when you keep working hard and playing hard when everybody else is making fun of you, that takes a lot of determination. So the team is built right, and I, I think they have a great chance to win this game. I really do. We're talking with Gary Danielson, the Lions and Niners meeting, obviously, in the NFC title game. They played 41 years ago, or 40 years ago, in the playoffs. Niners winning. And let me commit 20- to you guys right now that in 41 years from now, if, we do, if this happens again, I will do another interview for you about these fights. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate Great. that. Looking, looking forward we'll to that. We'll book that now. Yep. That okay. sports network is going to be huge. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> It would be unbelievable. <laughs> Boy, he's getting in on You got Mark he's out of your chair on that one, Gary. <laughs> Boy, he's, he's making fun of himself and us all at the same time. This is great. Hey, in all seriousness, though, you mentioned the fact, you know, you were a hometown guy. You and Hutchinson went to the same high school, right? We did. And Hutchinson obviously is, you know, he's just a huge, you know, just a huge player. The city is rallying around him. You know, he's, you know, put me to shame in every area. I'm pretty sure he's not going to beat my passing records. That's the only thing that's left in that area. But, uh, you know, he's, you know, I covered his dad when he played for Michigan, you know. So uh, it's a great story. He's a great, and I think, you know, the Lions got some breaks. I mean, getting him with the second pick, I don't even know, you know, whether one was better than the other, but I think Hutchinson, Detroit was important for the city of Detroit. So, hey, let, 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 let me do be really honest here, though. I mean, nobody wants to go into a big football game like that and not play at their best. And I, I didn't play badly. It was just the way things went. You know, I mean, every pass that was slightly behind or slightly ahead either got tipped or an interception or a great play. It happens sometimes, you know. I, I, I really... It never made me think any differently of myself, but it changed, you know, the Lions team and our guys that worked so hard in that game, and that, that was tough to take. My teammates were great players. Some of them deserved a lot better. So when you're a team player and you're the leader of the team, you know, you don't in those positions like to make those mistakes when the team has a chance to win those type of games. Uh, two quick things. First off, was it a big deal that you were the hometown guy? Like, was that played up, you leading the Lions so, or not? Uh, I, you know, it was different back then, David. It was, everything was just, you know, the two, the local columnists were the big influencers, J.P. McCarthy, the radio, Beckman. There weren't, you know, wall-to-wall, you know, social right. media. But, yes, it, it was I remember I have this cartoon uh, that was in the Detroit News. Pretty cool. I think it was 79 or 80 when, you know, I was doing good and I was the starting quarterback, highest highest or second highest paid player on the team for four or five years. And there's this guy, his wife, going phone call. He's watching TV, old guy in his favorite chair. He's watching TV, his wife saying, 
call for you? And he goes, I don't want to take the call unless it's Lee Iacocca or Gary Daniels. So those were the days where, you know, yeah, hey, my run, it uh, would have been nice to be a champion. That would have been great. Would have been great. Would have been fun. Uh, very quickly about how do, how do you see this game? Okay, the Lions and the Niners. Do you think this is, like you said, you thought you had a good matchup 40 years ago. We Do you did. think this is a good matchup for the Lions? I think both teams feel it's a good matchup for them. Both secondaries are vulnerable. Um, I think the team that runs the ball the best will win the football game. And I think the Lions have prepared for this game for three years of how to play physical football when they need to play and from then, you know, that was a game, you know, it was, I think, one of the mistakes we made that game. I threw 38 passes in that game. You know, we ran 73 plays, by the way. I just looked up this morning. I've never watched this game. And I think the 49ers ran like 60 in the game. And, and hard to believe with all those turnovers that we would have that many more plays. But I think for me in that game, it would have been good that I threw 24 passes. In fact, we opened with the 49ers the very next year, and that's what I threw and we, it was a much better mix for us. So I feel that might be you have to throw a lot, but I think if the Lions want to win, they need that running game to be effective, and I think they can do that. I think there is some vulnerability in that San Francisco edge that they can attack. Well, the Packers did last week, and I'm sure the Lions picking up on that. Gary, thanks for making time for us. Yeah, if you're playing a little bit later, hit them straight and uh, enjoy the football on Sunday. Thanks for being a good friend of the show. Mark, uh, wish Pops was here for this one. Yeah, me really too. Do. Me too. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Gary. Gary Danielson. His day job is college football on CBS, former Lions quarterback 40 years ago. He threw four interceptions in the first half. They trailed 14-9. But he led him on the two fourth-quarter drives, one to take the lead, one that would have won the game if not for the missed field goal. I love that he's still a fan. Having play- watches, watches the Lions and the Browns faithfully. Faithfully. It's, it's fantastic. We'll do the starting five. It's normally just happened, but we'll do it next on Miller and Moulton.